Hey, hey, Michigan Maniacs. This is the Michigan Maniac Podcast, and I am your host, Adam Brewer. This is the first annual award show. That's right, guys. But before we get into that, let's go ahead and get into the housekeeping of it all. Um, go to the YouTube thing, like, watch, whatever. Subscribe. It's all great. Uh, I promise I'm going to get some stuff in there. It's just this knee injury has been taking me out of a lot of stuff. The medication, the doctor's visits, blah, blah, whatever. I'm sure you guys don't care. Uh, so let's get uh, also go to the social media aspect of it which is the Michigan Maniac Podcast fan page on Facebook and the Michigan Maniac Podcast uh, on Instagram. Go to those two places, like and enjoy, do everything there. I put everything I find out about Michigan. I download uh, shows there, the whole deal. Also, I'm on Twitter, uh, Michigan Maniac Podcast. Find me there as well. I want to start live tweeting games, the basketball games, because I saw there was a lot of success actually when I started live tweeting the football games, so that's been good. Uh, like, and, uh, like and follow me there, whatever you do there. I'm still getting used to all this Twitter stuff that just seems, Twitter just seems way too dangerous for somebody who has loose lips like me and no filter, but we're going to give it a shot. Um, so guys, if you want a sticker, this is the best promotion I have out there right now. You guys are going to love it. Go to the Michigan Maniac Podcast uh, like fan page and leave a review there or go to Apple Podcasts iTunes. Same thing. Depends on whatever. Leave a review there. Wherever you leave the review, hit me up on the DM. Let me know your full name, your address, and which platform you left the the, uh, review on. And I will send you a sticker. That's right. They've been flying off the shelves. I've had a reorder. It's always a good sign. So let's get into this. This is the first annual Michigan Maniac Podcast Award Show. All right. So not that many rewards. I mean, awards, rewards. What am I talking about here? It's probably going to be about six or seven. But I want to go over all of it, right? So, yeah. <laughs> Depending on how you you fall on this year, right? It's either been a good year or it's a disappointment because we're not in the Big Ten title game or in the playoffs. That's not for this episode to decide. What we're going to decide is, and what we're going to put out there is, who were the category? Well, who won these awards? And here are the categories, right? I'm a little off track. Sorry about this. One, the top offensive player of the year. We got the Defensive Player of the Year, the Special Teams Player of the Year, the uh, New Star Player of the Year, right? Offensive and Defensive New Star Player of the Year. And then I'm going to go with the biggest Bonehead Player of the Year and the biggest uh, Bitch-Ass Coach Player of the Year, right? So... um, I'm pretty sure you all know which coach that's going to be, but we'll get into it. The first one, the first award goes to the Offensive Player of the Year. Before I get into who gets it, let's go into the top three, right? I did three of them. Uh, Number three, I went with Nico Collins. Now, when I made up these, when I picked who I wanted to win, I didn't necessarily take stats as the number one, like, determining factor of who was going to win this or not. I took in facts, I, I stats, I took in overall play, I took in the importance to the team, 
clutch play, all that kind of stuff, right? And so number three, Nico Collins. Without a doubt, number three player offensively of the year to me, Nico Collins. Uh, I mean, I know the stats won't, like, shock everyone, right? They, they're not going to be Alabama's wide receiving core. Uh, but Nico had 33 catches for 681 yards and seven touchdowns. I mean, and I think he had some, like, nine pass interference calls. <laughs> you know, like, he created nine pass interference calls. He just extended drives, and it's no fault to him that we struggled mightily in the first five games, easily five games of the season, right? Uh, it's just not his fault. I mean, the re for the most part, wide receivers are a secondary or reliant position. They need the quarterback to have a good year to be important. So, Nico, in my opinion, gets the third. Now, this might surprise you for the second player of the year. Offensive player of the year. That is the fart in the elevator. Mr. Fumbles himself, Shea Patterson. I know a lot of you are going to be shocked. Frankly, I'm shocked. I didn't think I was ever, ever going to stop shitting on this kid. In the first, well, first five was a lock. I shit on him probably every episode. Then the Illinois game got a little bit better. Penn State, I really started to turn around week seven. But, Lock first five episodes, I shit all over this kid, and rightfully so. But you cannot argue with how this kid turned it around at the end of the year. It, it was really fucking impressive. I know Penn State wasn't exciting, right? Uh, 24 for 41, 276, and a fumble. Not great, and I think he, or no, not a fumble, an interception, and he, and he ran in one touchdown. Then, the Notre Dame game still downpour, not great. He had 6 for 12, 100 yards, two touchdowns, nothing to write home to mom about. Next week, I heard he was sick against Maryland, so we'll knock that out. That's 151 yards and a touchdown. But the next three games really showed you when he got locked in and he understood the offense, he was the absolute right choice for this team. I know... It shocks you to hear me say that. But in the last three games, he had he threw for over 1,055 yards, 10 touchdowns, and two fumbles. Well, no, two interceptions and two fumbles, really. I think there was one in the Penn State game and then one in the... Uh, no, no, one in the Notre Dame game and one in the Ohio State game, which was critical. Don't get me wrong. That was bad. But... Overall, he wasn't the reason why we lost Ohio State. Uh, but 1,055, 10 touchdowns and two interceptions, and that's in three games. That took him five games. In the first five games of the year, it took him uh, to get to 1,052, six touchdowns and three interceptions. He fumbled it 11 times, and he lost five of them. Right? I mean, complete turnaround. This kid deserves the bit of respect that he has earned. This kid really kept it focused, and in the big stretch run that we needed him, he was there. He can't make DPJ catch the ball for a touchdown. He can't make DPJ catch him every time he threw to him, or Nico catch it, or fucking Ricky, or Ronnie Bell catch it in the Penn State game. He can't make those kids catch those balls, but he did place them where they could catch them. So, 
Uh, I think we should get off of Shea for a little bit. But yes, Fumbles Patterson has completely made me look like an ass and turned it around the last three games and was great. So he got the number two nod. You can't be that shitty in the first five games of the season when we really needed to get the ball rolling and get the offensive player of the year for me. You just can't. I, I, I really admire the way he turned it around in the second half of the year. Admire it completely. It, it, mental toughness, very good. Like it, whatever. But you can't start off that shitty. 11 fumbles, 5 lost. And then me be like, oh, yeah, you're the fucking player of the year. Fuck off. That ain't going to happen. That's not Michigan Maniac type stuff. So, number one, drum roll if I had it, blah, whatever. It's Ronnie Bell. Ronnie Bell is the number one offensive player of the year for us. He is the Michigan Maniac Offensive Player of the Year, Ronnie Bell. Um, 43 catches, 694 yards, and one, one touchdown. So not going to light a stat sheet on fire. But I'll be honest, earlier you heard me say that the wide receiver is usually a dependent role on the quarterback to be good, right? Ronnie Bell, though, however, whenever Shea needed something, Ronnie was there. Ronnie actually seemed like he was the one that could do something for Shea Patterson. When Shea didn't know what the fuck to do, Ronnie Bell got open. That's Ronnie Bell, a fucking wide receiver. And if all you stargazers, a two-star recruit from what I remember fucking creating plays on his own, working himself open, and making huge fucking plays. Now, granted, one of the biggest plays of the year he dropped, and it's a fucking heartbreaker to see how that kid dealt with it. And I'm, I'm glad to see that the community built him up and really supported him because it was great. Um, but even then, with that awful drop, in a key moment, that kid meant more to this team than any other offensive player on that team. It just didn't matter. Ronnie Bell was the number one guy. Plain and simple. I mean, I, don't, I didn't even have to think too hard on it. Ronnie Bell, every time we needed a big play or every time we needed something, Ronnie Bell was there. He was. He got fucked in that Wisconsin game when he caught the ball. I mean, every time we needed a big play, even though the refs tried to fuck us out of a few of them, Ronnie Bell still made the play. There's only one that he really dropped, and that was it, man. And you can't fault him for that. I just, I can't do it. The kid's a real fucking warrior, and I, I'm super happy he's coming back. I can't wait to see what this kid can do next year. Um, so now let's go on to the defensive player of the year, right? Uh, number three, we're going to go with Quiddy Pay. That's right. Now, there's a bunch of them. There's like five or six that were really competing hard for player of the year. And I had to write down all these stats. And I that's when I really understood that I couldn't use stats to pick this this player out. I just couldn't. Quiddy Pay got number three. I mean, to me, Quiddy Pay was fantastic. I mean, he had 26 solo tackles, four, uh, 23 assists for 49 total. He had six and a half sacks and then 12 and a half for loss. That's fucking impressive. Super impressive. I love the kid. I'm glad he's going to come back. I think we're going to have a solid defensive line next year, especially if we get some beef in the fucking middle so we can uh, really stop that inside bullshit. Um, then I'm going to go Kalik Hudson. Now, I know a lot of you are going to say Kalik should have got the, player, the defensive player of the year. Eh, he probably should have. But boneheaded plays towards the end of the year really just soured me on his gameplay. I'll be honest. I 
I know it was special teams when he jumped off sides against Ohio State, but I I saw him get burned a few times by tight ends and other things. But he had a great year. He really had a fucking solid year. I mean, he had Clay Hansen had 96 total tackles. That's fucking awesome. But he only had a, a sack and a half and only three for loss. That's where it kind of ruined it for me. But 96 tackles, phenomenal, fucking phenomenal. But I just thought overall, when we, the main reason, or the main thing that I had in my head when I was thinking of blank player of the year, I just closed my eyes and said, who, when the chips were down, or when big plays needed to be made, or who was always being called, who was it? What was that person's name? And the one I keep coming up with was Josh Uche. Plain and simple, number six was the dog this year. I'm telling you, he finally got a chance to be an every-down player, and I think that was in week three or week four. You know, and the kid, he really produced. And I know the numbers probably aren't going to say it all for him. I mean, he only had 32 total tackles, 21 solo, that's it. But he had seven and a half sacks and then ten and a half for loss. And in one or two steps faster, you're probably looking at 12 sacks for that kid. And every time. And then the, the one thing that sticks out in my mind, J.K. or was it J.K. Hamler or J. whatever, blah, blah, Hamler from Penn State. That kid, when he was wide open, Josh Uche chased him down, kept, I mean, he wasn't stride for stride with him, but he was enough to break up the fucking pass. I mean, when your linebacker slash defensive lineman can run just a step behind one of the fastest kids in college football and break up the pass, that's all you need to say to me. Give me seven and a half sacks and ten and a half for loss. That, to me, is the defensive player of the year. He Just the way he speaks about the defense, the way he loves this team, uh... No, I'm totally going Josh Uche, hands down, the best player in Mich for Michigan on the defensive side. Now, there's plenty of other ones, like Amory Thomas, I'm sure, is going to be the leading vote-getter next year. There's a lot of great kids. And then, you know, Baby Boy Hutch. Uh, I, I really had Baby Boy Hutch up there in the top three for a bit, and I started breaking down the numbers. And, well, you know, come on. The bonehead play of the year. That well, that's coming up, and that's just awful, just awful. All right, sorry guys, I had to stop there for a second just so I could check up some stats. And it's bonehead play of the year, and it's the bitch ass coach of the year. That's just I had a little brain fart there, and I just wanted to double check. But right now, Josh Uche is the defensive player of the year. The Michigan maniac defensive player of the year goes to Josh Uche, number six, just killing it. And I wish him all the luck in the NFL. I really do. I think he gets into the right system. He's going to be impressive. I mean, I think he's a more dangerous uh, Winovich. You know what I mean? He has speed. He has the size. And just with the right coaching, this kid could be a dynamo. Um, now we're going to go with the special team player of the year. Um, that was pretty simple. I mean, for me, number three, I'm going to go with Cleek Cutson. He had two or three block punts this year. Uh, the thing that put him in three was that jump off sides on a punt to really fuck us in that Ohio State game. Uh, that really fucked him in both defensive player of the year and special teams player of the year. It was such a, such a, just a dumb play. 
and at such a crucial time and such a big game, you can't do that. You just can't. If it was against anybody else, it probably wouldn't have mattered so much. But that it's against our biggest rival when we need you as a senior to make plays and not fucking hurt us. And you do that. I can't reward it. And I know people are going to say, well, who the fuck are you? Hey, it's my fucking show and I get to pick whoever the fuck I want. So deal with it. But anyways, uh... Number three, Klee Hudson. I mean, he had some great punt, punt blocks. Just overall, a pretty good special teams player. Number two, Will Hart. I don't know how you cannot go with Will Hart. There's no way I was ever going to put a fucking field goal kicker on this thing. I mean, <laughs> wild thing, numb nuts, uh, Nordine, the guy who couldn't kick a fucking... I mean, oh my God, dude, he can't kick anything. This guy is the worst kicker I've ever seen. I mean, he got into a little bit of a groove, but... You can't miss an extra point against our biggest fucking rival and think that anybody's going to respect what you did this whole season. Um, I want to go with Will Hart at number two. I mean, 46 punts, over 2,000 yards in punting, and uh, at a 45.1 yard per clip punt. That was phenomenal to me. I don't know how many hit in the 20, but good enough for me. Number two, Will Hart. He's been solid for the last couple of years. One of the best punters we've probably had at Michigan, I would say. And then now going into the number one slot, the Michigan Maniac Podcast Special Team Player of the Year goes to Giles Jackson. I know it's not shocking, but let's just face it. That kid is a superstar in the making. Uh, you could tell from the first time he got a kickoff that sooner or later he was going to take one to the house, which he did against Maryland. But the kid just keeps moving. What was it against? Indiana, even though his knee was down, he still fucking got up and ran and made it seem like he ran it back for a touchdown. I mean, the kid doesn't stop. He's going to be an offensive star as well. I hope to God they don't use him and abuse him like they did Eddie McDoom and only make him a one-play fucking wonder because he's way better than that, and he's, he's way better than that. So I hope he doesn't become Eddie McDoom 2.0. Uh, this kid's phenomenal. I mean, just 21 kickoff returns for 520, yeah, 523 yards and one touchdown for an average of 24.9 yards per touch on a kickoff. That is field position. That is great. That is fucking awesome. I love the fact that this kid's on a team, true freshman, making just, just absolutely paying off in the biggest way possible. So that not much I can say about that. The kid was just great. There's no takeaways on this kid. Fantastic. Um, now we're going to get to the the offensive new star of the year. All right. Now I know a lot of you are probably thinking it's a lock for Zach Charbonnet. I absolutely think you guys are thinking that. But he takes the number two spot. I only did two spots on these. The number two spot goes to Zach Charbonnet. Fantastic for a, I mean, as solid as he was for uh, coming in as a true freshman, being strong, being focused, uh, really helping us get a running attack when we had nothing going on. Um, he really proved that he's going to be a complete and utter just true asset to this team. And I can't wait to see what the one-two punch of Charbonnet Haskins has to offer. This next season, I can't wait to see what that does. But he didn't get the number one spot for me. He just didn't miss too many games. But the number one new, the offensive new star. The, oh wait, 
say it right. The Michigan Maniac Podcast Offensive New Star of the Year goes to, drumroll, is Jalen Mayfield, offensive tackle. I know you were thinking skilled player. I'm sure that's what you were thinking, but this kid is a fucking stud, an absolute stud. Now, I know he doesn't get all the credit, but he definitely shares in the he shares in the credit with John Runyon for shutting down and basically goose egging, clean cheating, fucking Chase Young, a fucking guy who found his way into the fucking Heisman Trophy candidacy. When you had, uh, I'm sorry, I know 13 and a half sacks is impressive. It really is, but. No. <laughs> there was Jonathan Taylor. Fuck, even on his own team. J.K. Dobbins. Without J.K. Dobbins, they wouldn't be anywhere where they're at right now. J.K. Dobbins was way, way more of a, of a total football player than Chase Young. But still, because he had 13 and a half sacks and made many, many high-level offensive tackles in the Big Ten look like Dookie, and this freshman, redshirt, I believe, freshman or redshirt sophomore, I think he's a redshirt sophomore, uh, came in and blanked the kid. Blanked him. I know the kid got, I know Chase Young got two quarterback hurries, but Mayfield blanked him. Was a solid player all season long. Pancaking, pancaking dudes all season. What was it, the Illinois game? He had like two in a row. I mean, this is just his first year of starting. He's still a baby. This kid is going to be a fucking stud. He's going to be Taylor Luan, in, in my opinion. Uh, the, the best offensive line next to Big Daddy Runyon. I mean, to me, Big Daddy Runyon is one of the best offensive linemen, just not in college football or Michigan football history, but the NFL history of offensive line tackles. John Runyon Sr., Big Daddy Runyon was the best. Then you throw in Taylor Luan. Taylor Luan is John Runyon, but with speed. Taylor Luan, big boss hog himself. That's what that's what Jalen Mayfield's going to be. This kid's going to be fucking phenomenal. He has everything. He's big. He's fast. He's athletic. He's smart. Everything you could ever need. You can put him one-on-one -on -one with Chase fucking Young, and he blanks the motherfucker. That kid's going probably top five NFL draft pick. You're telling me at a redshirt sophomore level, this kid isn't going to be a top ten NFL pick? pick when he's a fucking junior or maybe even senior if he decides to stay he will be a top-notch draft pick this kid is a rising star i can't wait to see what he does next year true talent true fucking talent and he looks like he's just a cool dude to hang out with i'll be honest i've i i will follow him on instagram and i've seen some of the music videos that him and his buddies do or whatever the little i don't know tiktoks or whatever the fuck it is Dude, funny. Looks like he's a good kid. Looks like he's a good hearty kid. And the motherfucker can ball at offensive tackle. This kid is a true star, and I cannot wait to see what next year has to offer for this kid. 100% the easiest, almost the easiest decision of the whole fucking award. The award system for me was giving it to fucking Jalen Mayfield. Couldn't wait. Love this kid. He's going to be fantastic. Now, Going to the defensive star. Now we're going to go with number two. I went with Chris Hinton. 
I'm telling you, he didn't play that much. He really didn't. But if you saw some of the plays he had in that Ohio State game, he's going to dominate next year. I really see this kid as an just he may be the new star next year because in a position where we are going to be lacking. I know Carlo Kemp and Dwanfor want to come back, and hopefully they do because that's only going to make us stronger. But uh, Chris Hinton getting more playing time and maybe even starting next year, uh, phenomenal. I, I am high on this kid. I was a huge Aubrey Solomon fan, and when he left, I really believe that hurt us. But I'm telling you, this Chris Hinton looks a lot like Aubrey Solomon mixed with uh, uh, a Big Daddy Hurst. Get fucking Hurst in there, dude. I'm telling you, they look the same. It's a lot. It's a. I mean, I can't wait. He's a true freshman at this point. I can't wait to see what this kid does next year. He's he's big. He's fast. He's smart. It sounds like I'm saying anything about Jalen Mayfield, but I'm telling you, he is. He can fucking shed blocks and plug that hole, and he can actually break up running pat running plays. I can't wait to see what the fuck this kid does next year. I can't wait. So Chris Hinton, number two. Now we're going to number one. And how can I? How could it be anybody else than fucking Cam McGrone? It can't. Now, unbelievable, like, new star. I mean, we knew about Amory Thomas. Now, this was the struggle I had. I'll be honest with you. Amory Thomas, to me, is a fucking star. 100%. I love the kid. I think he is probably one of the most talented cornerbacks that we've had in a long time. To come back from what that kid had, that illness he had at the beginning of the colitis, I think it was, you can't eat, you can't do anything, or you're in fucking pain. This kid was, wasn't was even supposed to come back until the Wisconsin game, and that was a maybe. And he starts the first game of the year, and was a shutdown guy for the majority of the year. The one thing that ruined it for me with putting him at the number one start, right, was the communication skills. Now, I don't know if it was him or the way they communicate as cornerbacks but when they can do those stupid crossing routes not traditional crossing routes but more like uh pick plays and it's all those plays are determined how you stop them on the communication from the time you get to the line of scrimmage and whoever screwed that up and every time i saw it, it always looked like amory was trying to get somebody's attention or it wasn't really diagnosed until later but it doesn't matter to me Amory Thomas, to me, is one of the greats of all time. I love that kid. I love him. I love him. I think he's fantastic. So it hurts me not to put him number one. But the kid that gets the new star, the Michigan Maniac Defensive New Star of the Year, is Cam McGrone. I know he had the shit play against Ohio State, but when you're filling the hole of Devin Bush and you fill that hole in almost – and you – you almost succeeded. Where people stop talking, well, they compare you to to Devin Bush. That's impressive. And they're not comparing like, ah, well, he's okay, but he's no Devin Bush. When they are actually saying this kid is as fast, he's bigger, he may be better than Devin Bush. When you're in that same conversation on the positive side, you are a star. And I knew it. Now listen, I didn't know who the fuck he was. I had only heard his name mentioned on a few podcasts. No idea how good he was going to be. But as soon as I saw him fill that hole and hit uh, 
Jack Cohn in that Wisconsin game. I think it was on a third down. It was on a goal line. Uh, and he plugs the hole. And I mean, he comes out of fucking nowhere. You're like, who the F is that dude? And it was Cameron Grone. And then he just continues to make big plays throughout the season. I mean, I think even in the Ohio State game, he had six tackles. I mean, one big boneheaded bullshit play. But, I mean, but six tackles. And I'm telling you, I think Cameron Grone, with his size, his speed, and you give him another year in that defense or that another off season in that defense to figure shit out, he's going to be off the charts. Like, he, at the end of his career, could be better than Devin Bush. Because even Devin Bush, I don't even think, played as much as Cam McGrone did. Well, no, maybe he did. I don't know. I I didn't compare years. But, dude, Cam McGrone's a beast. 100% beast, and I feel good about giving him the new star of the year award. I mean, a close 1B would be Amory Thomas, in my opinion. Um... But yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. It is it is Cam McGrone. Uh Fantastic year. Can't wait to see what this kid does from here on out. Really can't. Um, but Jesus, why do you have to make that fucking hit on Justin Fields? Mental toughness. I just want this kid to improve on. So he's got all the physical stuff. He really does. He's got all the physical stuff. Now it's the mental. And I know the mental catches up with you. It's the hardest to get because you're young and you're trying to figure shit out. But still, if he if he locks it down in mental toughness next year, this kid's going to be unbelievable. He's going to be award winner. This kid's going to be amazing. Okay, now, now we got those out of the way. We are going to... The two that I may rant on, it just depends on how I feel. Um, the bonehead play of the game, or the po- bonehead play of the year. And that goes to two players. They share the distinction of making the dumbest play I've ever seen in college football. And they saved it for the biggest fucking time ever. Now, the reason why I say that this is the biggest fucking bonehead play I've ever seen in my fucking life, I didn't even have to bring up more than one person for this, right? Uh, it goes hands down to Kemp, Carlo Kemp, and Baby Boy Hutch. Two boys that I really, really enjoy watching play and had loved, really just couldn't stop gushing about for most of this season. And watching those two knuckleheads try to take off J.K. Dobbins' shoe was the biggest embarrassment I have ever seen on a football field in a long, long time. And I played in the Denver public school system of football, and that's an embarrassment. There were running backs that were 5'2", trying to run past and make plays. I mean, we're booting these kids like they were fucking in JV and we're grown men. That's embarrassing. But nothing was embarrassing as watching two players that I have the utmost respect for just completely shove their, and taking turns, shoving each other's heads up their own asses and trying to steal this man's shoe. You know how bad it was? On a, on a podcast I listened to, the fighter and the kid. Not so much that I like either one of the hosts, because I think Brendan Schaub's a complete fucking hack comic, and he doesn't deserve anything he has because Joe Rogan gave him everything he has, and if you've ever seen his stand-up special, it's pure shit. But, with that being said, 
I watched it because one of my one of my favorite comics, Dan Soder, was on there from Denver, Colorado, or Aurora, however you want to see it. And they brought it up. They brought it up. It's not even a sports podcast. And they brought up this play. And they were making fun of it. You know how bad that chat my ass to listen to Brandon fucking Schaub? This no-hack talent comedian? I'll give it to him on the fighting, though, and the and the football. He did he did do really well in fighting, and he made it to at least a practice squad in, in the NFL. That's what I couldn't do. So I'll give it to him on that. But... To listen to this hack just fucking make fun of Michigan. He went to CU. CU. I grew up in Colorado. I understand the importance of CU. And it's nowhere near the level of Michigan. And this fucking guy had the balls to make fun of our fucking team. And it, and he had every right. That was the fucking thing that chapped my ass the most. Is I couldn't defend it. I couldn't defend it. The two players that I really respect the most and cared about on this team fucking looked like complete and utter assholes. The biggest bonehead play of the year, hands down, maybe of the last five or six years, is this fucking play. The fucking shoe play. It'll probably go down in history. And if it didn't make the ESPN not top ten or whatever the fuck they do, those hacks, I don't know what else to tell you. But that's awful. Awful. Baby Boy Hutch and the chubby face assassin Carlo Kemp doing something so fucking dumb. It broke my heart to see it. And then to hear a hack comic just go off on it, trying to be funny and failing miserably like he does on stage. I mean, for fuck's sakes. That hurt. It fucking hurt. It fucking hurt me to see it, to hear it, to watch it go down. Everything about that fucking play kills me. It fucking kills me. God damn it. That's a concession stand Ben Van Sumer in play if I've ever seen one. <sighs> All right. So now the last one. And this is a lock. I, there's not even going to be a second second place on this or third place. Uh, the bitch-ass coach of the year. The bitch-ass coach of the year goes to another than... Old man Greyjoy, bitch titties himself, Madison. Greg, bitch titties, Madison himself, gets fucking bitch ass coach of the year. I know you can say he outcoached. Uh, I know I got a few Ohio State fans who listen to this. And I know you're going to say, well, he outcoached Don Brown. Fuck him. He needed that other dude to help him out. He's a bitch ass fucking dick. He's old. He's an asshole. There's no there's no other there's nothing logical about anything I'm going to say because I just don't like the fucking guy. I think he's a traitor. I think he's a bitch ass. I think he has bitch titties. I think that he looks like a fucking prolapse butthole. That's what I think. I think if you put a fucking old gray wig on a prolapse butthole, you've got Greg Madison. That's just what I think. This is all in comedy, so if he thinks that he's going to get his fucking butt hurt about it, he can just get his prolapse butthole feelings hurt and just go fuck himself. I don't care. This guy is a walking hemorrhoid, and I can't stand to look at his stoof, big, fat, stupid face. Big old wrinkly, dumb motherfucking face. He looks like one of those big, fat face pigs that everybody takes to the fucking county fair so they can win first place and their H&H &H fucking 
school prize or whatever the fuck they do in those backwoods areas. I don't care. But this motherfucker, I, he's the bitch-ass coach of the year. He just is. Always will be. I don't give a fuck if they beat us a hundred times in a motherfucking row. Because every motherfucking year, this guy's going to get the bitch-ass fucking coach of the year. I can't stand that dude. Going to Dallas and you can look this up. It was in Rivals. I'm not making this up. And he's in a bar with his new coaches, and he's trying to fit in. He's trying to be that Greyjoy bitch titty motherfucker that he is. He's making fun of the Go Blue when he's got his stupid scarlet and gray fucking hat on like a big dumb retard. I mean, the R word. Fuck that dude. That dude is... I can't fucking stand that guy. I hope that every time he walks, he creates a fucking hemorrhoid, and he can't sit down without a a donut for the rest of his natural born life. I just, I can't stand it. I can't stand him. It hurts. I just, it really just bothers me. So he is without a doubt and will always be, unless somebody else comes out of nowhere to be the bitch ass coach of the year. But give it to, and always will be, the Michigan Maniacs bitch ass coach of the year goes to bitch titties himself, Greg Madison. I hope you love that one, bitch titties. Uh, so yeah, close out the show, you dickhole. I'm glad you ruined this whole fucking thing for me. I should have just changed them up. Fuck that guy. Anyways, guys, that's the end of this one. I hope you like the first annual uh award show the michigan maniacs award show it was fun for me i hope it was fun for you uh and, you know i'll come up with another show here soon maybe it'll be about basketball maybe about something else i don't know it's the holiday so you probably won't hear from me next week but we'll see what happens you know there's going to be a big game pregame before michigan plays alabama going to do that you got to ask me anything uh this week coming up so get your questions in for that and by the way, for getting your questions into that, go to uh, my Instagram and either put the questions in my DM or put it on or actually put it in the, the uh, question or, you know, like the response area on Instagram underneath the photo or go to the Michigan Maniac fan page and uh, send me a DM there. So this way it's easier for me to find all your questions and lump them together so I don't miss any, okay? Um, yeah, so the Ask Me Anything will be coming up, uh, let's see, today is Tuesday, so probably about Thursday. So I'll give you guys a couple days, get everything ready, uh, send them in, football, basketball, whatever. I'll answer it. Doesn't matter. Help. Even if it's a personal question, fuck it, I'll answer. So ask me anything. I'm not going to fucking put any parameters on it, especially when I named it that. So, uh, guys, it is great to be a Michigan maniac. It is I mean, it's great. It's great to be a Michigan maniac, but it's great to be a Michigan Wolverine as well. It's great to be a Michigan Wolverine, and forever and always, guys. You know, go blue.